Watching the confirmation hearings of Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett, you know, it almost though we should change, we start calling her Judge Amy Grin and Barrett. She has had to sit and listen to a bunch of comparative relative morons berate her and berate President Trump and the country for 11 hours yesterday, probably for another 11 hours more today. She literally is stunning. When it comes to your personal views about this topic, do you own a gun? Um, what are the five freedoms of the First Amendment? Speech, religion, press, assembly. Speech, press, religion, assembly. I don't know, what am I missing? Re- redress or protest. Okay. And do you believe that climate change is happening and it's threatening um, the air we breathe and the water we drink? Ah, uh, Senator. Again, I was wondering where you were going with that. Um, you have asked me a series of questions like that are completely uncontroversial, like whether COVID-19 is infectious, whether smoking causes cancer, and then trying to analogize that to eliciting an opinion on me that is a very contentious matter, opinion from me that is on a very contentious matter of public debate. And I will not do that. I will not express a view on a matter of public policy, especially one that is politically controversial because that's inconsistent with the judicial role, as I have explained. Thank you, thank you, Judge Barrett. And and you've made your point clear that you believe it's a debatable point. And now, the man of the hour, whether you want him or not, Jerry Jones. Hey, what's going on, party crashers? Welcome to another episode of The Uninvited. This is your host, Jerry Jones. However you found us and wherever you found us, I am really glad you did. Do us a favor. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you don't miss another one of these episodes. And if you should rate us, please give us a five-star rating because, you know, a five-star rating feels a whole lot like love and four stars feels an awful lot like the friend zone. And I got to tell you, you know, it's been a a minute, right? I, I think the last time... Wow, I actually the last time we were together via this traditional recording of the podcast. Wow, that was a that was a couple weeks ago. I I did a I did a Facebook live shortly after the vice presidential debate and as well as after the presidential debate. But I will tell you that you know, this is 2020. So life gets in the way. You know, for me, it's been, we've had, uh, had family in town, also doing strategic planning at work. Shout out to the team, my team, for just going balls to the wall on what's going to be a kick-ass strategic plan um, for, for our company, doing some things that... It, it, We're doing things that you would never imagine a health insurance company doing. Our team has taken it on. And either we're going to be successful 
and the the lives of people are are truly going to be transformed or we'll get fired <laughs> for succeeding for doing those things but either way i feel like we're going to be successful strategic planning takes a whole lot out of you it very much is like a strategic plan meeting a design sprint and i i don't know team's amazing i've been fortunate in in my short career working in grassroots organizing and really for the past i don't know eight and a half nine years working on community health i've been super super fortunate so i gotta say that sometimes a friend zone is a is a great place is a great place to be there there are some people who definitely need some friends <laughs> Right now, I will tell you this, though, with friends like the Trump administration, who the hell needs enemies? Are you kidding me? Apparently, the president uh, greeted some press last night on, on the plane from a, a, I don't know, a campaign stop in Iowa. So, I mean, that begs the question, why is he doing a campaign stop in Iowa? But why is he also talking with reporters, not wearing a mask, and just... Now, here's the thing, though. There, there is difference, different, different, yeah, differing opinions. <laughs> Excuse me, a little tongue-tied today. Differing opinions as to how long someone is contagious. I, I will say... I feel like the president has probably moved past that. Do you, and and, and um, any epidemiologist, medical professionals, please feel free to, to fact check me. But it, it's still, whether he's still contagious or not, I would say that it's pretty bad form, regardless of whether or not you have COVID actively or not that you probably shouldn't be going anywhere without a mask. Can we agree now? I would love to say, you know, we say things about it's 2020. How can we be arguing about these things? I would say that at, at the time of the recording of this, October 15th, 2020, this, the evidence is clear, wear a damn mask. I know that's not what the science says, just a summary. Dak Prescott, man, all shout out to all of my Dallas Cowboy fans out there. Sunday was a rough day. Sunday was a rough day for, I would say not only for Dallas Cowboy fans, but I would say for decent human beings who also also enjoy sports. You know, watching. What you know by now you've. You've probably seen it, but the face of the of the Dallas Cowboys franchise, which is currently still America's team, though I would say that the most entertaining team to watch in all of football is the team here in Kansas City. I would say the second most entertaining team to watch is probably the, the Baltimore Ravens. The Dallas Cowboys, still America's team, but Dak Prescott, shout out to Dak Prescott, apparently had successful ankle surgery 
essentially if if you haven't it, i will tell you this please do not if you have not seen the injury to dak prescott please do not google it just trust me it will have been the, one of the worst things you will have seen all year and i saw it live lindsey graham lindsey graham is having a hell of a week i mean lindsey graham came into the weekend on fire and little Lindsay is, he is on, you know, he's, he is on, this is his, this is his, you know, one shining moment, I guess you could say. Lindsey Graham, um, God, God bless his little heart. I don't know if you heard what he said about, hey, you can be a black person. You can be a person of color. You can be anything you want. And you can go anywhere you want in the state of South Carolina just so as long as you're a conservative. That's mighty, mighty magnanimous of, of Senator Graham, isn't it? Hey, as it basically saying, he's basically, he took Michael Jackson's black or white and just added, as long as you are a, <laughs> a redneck conservative, you can be whatever you want to be in South Carolina. And yeah, so Lindsey, Lindsey Graham started off the weekend strong. And of course, now Lindsey Graham is center stage as he oversees the Judiciary Committee. And, you know, Trump is now on his third Supreme Court nomination of course uh am i saying his name right david Gor gorsuch david gorsuch gorich gorsuch you can tell doing strategic planning haven't quite done the best research <laughs> on this and then of course you know in looking at the three it looks like that david gorsuch might be the most normal of of the nominations brett kavanaugh we all know the story behind brett kavanaugh can we just say can I'm I'm just gonna take a pause for a second. Can we can we all agree whether or not we agree about David Gorsuch and, and the president like having three Supreme Court justices that that Brett Kavanaugh as well as pretty much all of the men in the Trump White House are very, very mediocre. I I would say I would say that that this era, when we look back at, at, at the Trump era, it really will be, if this, if there was a movie title, it would be mediocre men strike back and mediocre is being quite generous. Um, they're really quite horrible, terrible, really, really, really bad, um, humans. And uh, unfortunately, the the women in the Trump White House are are pretty mediocre as well. Are any of them working right now? Well, I know they're working. Are any of them not working from home because they all got the COVID? Because they all went to the the garden party, the the garden party for the person we're getting ready to talk about. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about her in fact 
we're not going to spend a whole lot of time really talking in general because when, when we think about this whole process, it just, there's really nothing to, there's not a whole lot of nuance here. What we're seeing right now is all performance. We already know this is, um, this is a lifetime drum. And, and, and when I think about the, the, the juxtaposition of Brett Kavanaugh, who's not only extraordinarily mediocre, uh, he's also a, a, a sexual predator. We, we, we have a president who has defied science, defied logic, the lot denied uh, just basic decency has really senselessly allowed more than 200,000 people to die from a, a virus. He has enabled millions more to be infected. And I say it's not like he's do like he himself is doing it, but his lack of leadership is doing it. And and now the same guy who's going to rallies in Florida and dancing to Macho Man, can we just say, I think Trump really is, Trump, you know, I don't know if you saw the video of him and his Florida rally and he's doing a jig. First of all, Trump had a little bit more rhythm than I thought he had, number one. And two, as he's dancing to, was it Macho Man or was it YMCA? It was the Village People, either way. Trump really is leaning into the Proud Boys thing. And I'm starting to wonder if the president understands the distinction between Proud Boys, which are his white nationalist base, and Proud Boys, which is taken over, delightfully taken over Twitter and Instagram and, and all the other things I'm not on. So I'm... I'm old. So to me, Twitter represents like the zenith of social media. And, and, you know, Instagram, you know, I, I do Instagram, but I'm not really a, a big selfie um, person. But I recognize there's Snapchat, there's TikTok. I don't know how any of that of that stuff works. Can I just tell you, though? I don't trust anyone who's new to Instagram. I mean, they're they're a Russian bot, right? No one is new. No one is new to Instagram. I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know how this thing, but yeah, Lindsey Graham has been on full display. And by now, if you're listening to this podcast, odds are that you are also listening to people who actually know, know the subject matter. You're watching the news you're reading it, you're listening to NPR. I know I'm profiling here. I here, listen, I'm going to make I'm going to make a few assumptions. Okay? I'm going to make a few assumptions about my listening audience. Uh, I would imagine there's a good number of you that have owned or currently owned or maybe even wearing right now Birkenstocks. Right? I imagine that some of you are wearing your Birkenstocks with wool socks. Many of you 
have seen Dave Matthews live. Many of you have gotten high at a Dave at a Dave Matthews show. I'm also saying that I'm recognizing that as a black man doing this show that I, I I'm going to go out on a limb and say that most of my listeners are white and those that aren't white seem to live in another country. Shout out to my brother, Georgie McFarley, making it, making things happen in, in, in Amsterdam. Um, wait, hold on. Did I say that right? It's not Amsterdam. You're in Copenhagen. Why am I saying Amsterdam? See, you know, I'm doing that, that whole American thing, Copenhagen. And, um, I had plans. I'm going to, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, and I think I've talked a little bit about before how 2020 kind of really messed up some travel plans, but whenever the United States is allowed to travel back, travel to Europe, I'm going to go see Georgie and, and his beautiful family in Copenhagen. And hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to, to fulfill a bucket list dream, which is going to Noma. I would have loved to have gone to Noma actually when they were doing the really scaled down menu and they were just doing burgers. Can you imagine for, for those of you who don't know, Noma, depending on the different list, Noma is, Noma is always in the top three of restaurants in the world. And it's right there in the heart of, of Copenhagen. So I, so I, I do have, I have time, more time to, to save up and, and, and to go. But yes, so I, you know, my African American, African American listeners are probably expats living overseas. But uh, I say that to say not not because I'm going down the racial lens. I'm just saying that um, I think most there's a similar there's a lot of similarities that we we listen to the same things. We maybe listen to the same music. Uh, you know, childish Gambino. Uh, had a song called Firefly. I think it may have been on his. Uh, it may have been on his first full length album. I don't recall, but he drops a line. You know, being the only black guy at a Suvian concert. And I'm like, when I first heard it, I'm kind of like, yeah, because I know exactly a. I know who you're talking about, and b. Well, I can't actually relate. Uh, I've, I've never been to uh, I've never been to Subion show, but uh, and I think I, I think I feel like I'm repeating myself for for those who are like earlier listeners. I don't know when he was uh, doing his his um, 50, 50 states thing. Um, I don't know if he ever got to Missouri. Subion Stevens is who I'm talking about, by the way. For those who didn't know, but then again. All of you knew, right? And I, I'm looking forward to the day when I do have people listening who don't don't get the references because that means I, I I will have actually grown grown the show. But back to Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham having a great week, but this week is just crazy. And at the center of all of this, of course, first of all is the great. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, may she rest in power. And as she passed away, the president has been chomping at the bit to to replace her. And the person 
who has been nominated to replace uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is Amy Coney Barrett. As conservatives are now prone to calling her the notorious ACB. Not sure how much more disrespectful you can get. So I don't know about you. Have you been have you been watching? Have you been watching this this um this little exercise? I I will be honest and tell you that I I only watched live Ms. Coney Barrett's or Judge Coney Barrett's um questioning from Senator Kamala Harris. And I was interested because I was hoping, I shouldn't say I was hoping, I was more expecting. The way she has eviscerated Bill Barr, um, the way that, first of all, I, I, I did a pause there, did a pause, because when I said Bill Barr, the, the, the image that jumped in my head was Bill Burr. And I don't know how many of you, speaking of the weekend, I don't know how many of you saw SNL. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm going to go, I'm going to go on the Hulu and see if the episode is on there because I would imagine, I would imagine that the 53% are so still so in Infuriated by by Bill Burr's epic monologue. His monologue kind of took me back to Dave Chappelle's monologue. I don't know if you recall Dave Chappelle's monologue. He was on the Saturday after the election, and that's when Kate McKinnon did that amazing cold open. And and Dave Chappelle's monologue was just absolute fire. Google that. Bill Burr. <laughs> you know, you know, it's been said, you know, and I've seen a lot of my friends posted that you know, every mother was summoned when George Floyd, you know, um, called out for for his mother. Every Karen was summoned <laughs> during Bill Burr's epic monologue. Definitely Google that, but I have to give you fair warning. Some of you aren't going to like it. I, I, well, I don't know. A lot of you aren't going to like the monologue that Bill Burr. And, and all I would say to anyone who has an issue with Bill Burr's epic monologue from SNL is show him where he's wrong. 53%, <laughs> I'm referring to the 53%. Uh, of which I'm, of which clearly Amy Coney Barrett is a part of the 53%. If you're not sure what I'm referring to, I'm referring to the margin by which President Trump won of the female vote in, in 2016. And Amy Coney Barrett clearly is, I, I will say this, she's going to, first of all, she will be the, the next Supreme Court Justice of the United States. And I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very I'm gonna be upfront and frank with you. There is nothing that I have seen that would tell me that 
she's not qualified to do the job except for, oh, that's right. She doesn't know the essential freedoms of the First Amendment. <laughs> but other than that, other than that small minor detail, she seems to be just as um, capable as Brett Kavanaugh and David Gorich, Gorsuch. I mean, she's going to pass, but I, I am I am struck by I am struck by just how little she has answered in the way of questions. I mean, she looks like Linda Carter's Wonder Woman up there. I mean, she's just deflecting question after question, and she's not even breaking a sweat. And she had Kamala Harris, and Kamala Harris is like Kamala Harris kind of got her. And I, I will say this to the point what I was that I was getting to was I expected Senator Harris to do what she did to have Bill Barr so frustrated that you felt like he was just going to start pounding the table. And Brett Kavanaugh, that poor mediocre man, was almost in tears. I think he was. I think he was in tears. And what Senator Harris did do was absolutely masterful. Because she knows that there are people like me who just want the red meat. We want her to go after her. And recognizing that that's what we expected. She gave, she, she conducted a, a very, very just by the book um, inquiry. And... You heard in the soundbite that she just, she moved Judge Coney Barrett to the spot that she wanted to be in. And what I loved about it wasn't that Judge Amy Coney Barrett was caught off guard. She wasn't. I'm going to be honest. There's not much that's going to, she is not going to be flustered. She has got her stuff together. Like, all politics aside, which I don't, I don't, I don't really know her politics that well. I haven't. Got, gone too much into it except to say that she I've never seen the show I've never seen Handmaid's Tale but I would imagine that is not in her Hulu queue I would imagine that that's not among among her favorite shows okay um, but what struck me was that she knew where Senator Harris was taking her and she was powerless to do anything about it and and this is to me the whole thing with what Bill Burr did on Saturday and what Senator Harris did I I'm now losing I think it was um I think it was Tuesday which was let her know Senator Harris let her know that I see you. I understand you. I know exactly what you are about. And the thing that I was struck by as Judge Coney Barrett walked right into the climate change question, powerless to stop it, 
and making the point that Senator Harris needed her to make is that she is not going to be an honest broker on things on matters that science have clearly, clearly decided that I'm just going to say this because I'm, I'm, I'm saying this out of love and I'm saying this out of experience in the frustration with that experience. And I'm talking, you know, specifically within a political context, we have seen women of a certain skin color <laughs> we've seen we, we we've seen white women in positions of power and authority not deliver when it was time to deliver thinking of you susan collins i'm also thinking of white suburban college educated women many of whom have voted for Democrats in the past that chose to vote for the president because the president made their mediocre men husbands feel more like a man. And so in order for for her mediocre man to feel like a man, she votes for Trump. That can't happen again. And because of that, we get, look, I, look, I, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about justice or judge. I'm being a little presumptive here. Amy Coney Barrett. But I can't imagine that she of all of the judges that would be able to do this job that she is the most exceptional. I don't I don't think she's mediocre. She can't. I, I don't believe. I, here's what I believe. Here's here's what I believe. I believe that. For a woman to reach that level in her field and to be considered for a Supreme Court seat, she is exceptional. However, I would say that to, that is true for just about everyone at that kind of district court level, that you're not a mediocre judge at that point especially if you're a woman. I think if you're a man, you can just go golf and you can smoke cigars and, and, and drink bourbon with the right people. And the next thing you know, you are a political appointee to a federal district court. Here's what I'm saying. Vote, please. Vote. At the time of this is being recorded, we're 19 days away. Vote. You know, I'm not really going to get into whether or not if 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 Biden and Harris win, that they should stack the court. I certainly believe that's an option that should be on the table, but I don't I don't know. But I but I, I do believe what I do believe the lesson of Amy Coney Barrett and of Brett Kavanaugh and David Gorch Gorsuch is that elections matter. And I believe that we need to sit in the pain of seeing Amy Coney Barrett get sworn in on a sham um, 
confirmation hearing, we need to feel the pain of voting as if it's something that you do out of convenience. Something that you do because it makes you feel like, you know, like people, there are people who vote their conscience. And I just, I, honestly, I have little patience for that. This is not, you, you know what? Do consciousness in your, in your meditation. Do consciousness, like if you are a member of a faith community, do your consciousness there. Do your consciousness with a professional therapist. Do your consciousness by, you know, lighten up a dube and, you know, pontificating with your friends. This election, and I will say for as a as a as a black man, as a man of color, every election to me and just about every election to people of color is truly about life and death. We don't give a damn about your consciousness. What we give a damn about is our freedom. So all I'm going to say is I, I I will encourage you even though I haven't watched many of the of the uh, senators questions of Amy Coney Barrett, I will be watching the final vote. I would recommend that we all do that. And we're going to have to sit with the pain. We're going to sit with the pain and let that pain be the thing that drives you to vote and do the one thing that we know that we need to do. I am on a soapbox right now and I'm not sure really how to get off of it. There's not a really, a really good uh, transition from that and that's okay that's okay we've got 19 days so here's here i can't i can't do the spiel about registering i believe for most of us that has come and gone but you'll want to check with your 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 secretary of state's office if you haven't already registered see when the deadline is now is about making a plan now is about checking in with your social circle don't assume do not assume that the people that you love and the people that you care about and associate with have a voting plan be that annoying ass person right be be the be the this election needs to be we need to treat voting like girl scout cookies we need to be doing whatever we can to get that vote out. I will say this though. I do miss like having having a college age daughter. Uh you know, not around a, a whole lot of kids who are selling the girl skate girls girl scout cookies. But I will tell you this. I am so tired of people disrespecting the shortbread cookie. I really am. I I I have about had it with people disrespecting the shortbread girl scout cookie. I know you people like your thin mints. I know you like all those other ones, but the shortbread cookie for me for the money is the is the most underrated the most underrated girl scout cookie of all time. Look, I'm going to stop talking 
because I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm going to celebrate the fact that we're done with strategic planning. And one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to listen to some music. Uh, shout out to, shout out to Joe. Shout out to my buddy, Joe Thompson, Joe Funkenstein, smoking Joe Funkenstein. Also knows Joe Thompson. Joe, I don't remember your, your handle on IG, but on Facebook, one of the best guys I know. He reminded me today that, uh, wow, seven years ago, Lightning Bolt was released. Uh, Pearl Jam, um, as you all know, favorite band. And uh, this was their 10th studio album. And uh, speaking of speaking of plants, so I, I'd mentioned uh, earlier that, you know, I started trying to I hadn't I hadn't made firm plans but I was really looking at going to see Georgie and his family in, in Copenhagen and part of why I was starting to think about that was uh, one of my co-workers uh, shout out uh, Patty Sosa Patty it's a family show so I'm just gonna say shout out Pat, Patty Sosa shout out to Matt Sosa uh, her her partner in crime her husband uh, big Pearl Jam fans also and they had scored tickets to the uh the pearl jam show it would have been at uh at wembley stadium i think it was the 11th july 11th i think i may have talked about this on the first or second episode i think i was lamenting the fact that i was recording the episode instead of being at the pearl jam show and they had uh they had an extra ticket and i'm like holy crap and this was right before the pandemic and so I, I didn't even get a chance to formulate a plan. Didn't even get a chance to say, hey, Heidi, what do you think about, you know, Heidi likes Pearl Jam. So I think she would, I think she would have, um, she would have enjoyed the show. Um, but COVID happened. They were, Pearl Jam, I believe was, they canceled their gigs maybe a day after the NBA suspended operations, the National Basketball Association. So uh, my hope is that a there's a vaccine and that you know concerts, live music can resume. Speaking of live music, shout out to Nico. I still don't think Nico's listening to the show yet. Uh, Nico's got a show, um, a socially distanced show tonight in Burlington, and that's my retirement plan. By the way, Burlington, Vermont. That's my that's my retirement plan. Uh, but Pearl Jam, favorite band. And, um, I, I have so many memories, so many memories. I'll have to, I'll have to share, I'll have to share them with you, um, sometime, but, uh, but yeah, also, uh, so that, yeah, so that was seven years ago, uh, on this day in history. Also speaking of, speaking of my, uh, of, of Joe Thompson, uh, on this day, October 15th, 1986, the New York Mets defeated the Houston Astros to advance to the 1986 World Series. And for <laughs> my my apologies to actually no. No, I was going to offer condolences and apologies to my friends from Red Sox Nation, but you know what Red Sox Nation? You all well you weren't as lovable as the Cubs, but man, you are insufferable, insufferable now. 
You all win three World Series. Well, I'm sorry. You win three World Series. I'm not giving you the fourth one. I'm not. I'm just not. Right. I don't give the Astros the 2017 World Series because of Alex Cora, and I'm sure as hell aren't giving the Red Sox their 2018 World Series. I'm sorry, but the the Mets, <laughs> the Mets are pond scum. Anyway, I am out, and I appreciate you all. The good news is now that strategic planning is over. And I'm not sure the president is ducking debates, but I'm going to be back on uh, on the schedule. We're going to be doing twice a week. I'm so glad you all are sticking around with this uh, with this ridiculous, ridiculous uh, platform that that I'm attempting to build. Anyway, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. And I'm going to catch you all on the next episode of The Uninvited. Peace. That's what happened. Did, did, did you call it out, Hal? No. Letter number three. Okay. Again. <laughs> Dear Dave, letter number three begins, what's with the eyebrows? Do you shave them off? Or are they a much lighter blonde than your hair? In which case, which do you dye, your hair or your eyebrows? Your pal, Gary Brown, St. Louis, Missouri. P.S. The Mets are pond scum. <laughs> Hold it, hold it right there, Gary. Let me let me make one thing clear here. The Mets, in fact, are not pond scum. I'll prove it to you with this chart. Okay. First of all, uh, all right, the Mets emit CO2. Okay, so does pond scum. Uh, the Mets occasionally very damp. All right, same with the pond scum. The Mets consume microbes. Pond scum consumes microbes. Uh, the Mets failed to beat St. Louis and the NL East, and well, so did the Pond Scum. Uh, here's one difference. The Mets are eligible for free agency after five years. Pond Scum, not eligible for free agency after five years. Uh, the Mets annually sponsor Thermal Mug Night. Pond Scum, on the other hand, disdain flashy promotions. Uh, finally, the Mets have one player named Mookie. Pond Scum, everyone is named Mookie. As you can see here, okay. the Mets are clearly not pond scum. And as hell, uh, Gurney.